0: Please turn to Luke
1: 24.
0: If there's one chapter in the Bible and you give me five minutes and I've got to speak, Roger, like you, your nightmare, um, i turn straight to Luke 24. And so the fact that I was asked to speak on this and end your, what is it, a two-year journey through the yeah. book of Luke? It's an absolute privilege to speak on this passage. In fact, I think when I when I came to interview in Manchester and I met Lawrence and Vicki for the first time... I chose Luke 24, didn't I? So you've already heard a lot of what I'm going to share today. But hopefully uh, the Spirit will move anyway, even in your heart. Amen. Um, Luke 24 is a fabulous passage of Scripture. And I know that you, you did the first part of it last week. But if we could please start in verse 1. And get a running start. And really, we're just going to have a Bible study together today. Because I believe this. I'm nothing. I am no one. There's nothing good in me except God. And it's the same for you, I hate to tell you. And I know I'm trying to be funny a little bit, but it's the Scriptures that make the difference. It's the Word of God that changed all of us and can change the world. And so, I just love the Word of God. And Chapter 24, verse 1. This is the resurrection. This is the greatest day in the history of the world, past, present, or future. Right? Is that maybe the day we, we get to go be with God. But this changed everything. And Jesus had predicted He would suffer, die on the cross, and on which day? The third day. He would rise from the dead. So what would you think His disciples would be doing the morning of the third day? planning a party. <laughs> You're baking cookies, right? Right? They're good. I had one. But why not a party planned, music planned, the celebration, the resurrection party? He's coming back just like He said. But that's not how we find it. And we're going to talk about why. 24 verse 1.
1: Come
0: on, Chris. on the first day of the week, Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they would prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but as they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, hmm, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood by them. In their fright, the women bowed with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, look at this, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how He told you while He was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered His words. My question to you is, what made them forget? I mean, I can be forgetful. I can forget my keys. I can forget my glasses and then, the, oh, they're on my face. <laughs> but how do you forget something like Jesus says, I'm going to suffer, die, but on the third day, God's going to raise me from the dead? What made them forget? As we go on, I think we'll get some clues and talk a little bit more about this. On, verse 9. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and all the others with them who they told this to the apostles. Um, but, look at verse 11. They did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like... No. Nonsense? Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're laughing, right? Yeah, that's like a marriage retreat class right there. <laughs> you know, nonsense? It's not like, really? He rose? Are, sh- are you sure? You're kidding. No, that's ridiculous. That's nonsense. You see how far? Yeah. 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 Wow. Verse 12, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Someone's got faith. <laughs> Bending over? He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away believing and rejoicing that Jesus had risen from the dead. Doesn't say that, does it? He went away wondering to himself, what happened? Okay, now we're up to verse 13 where we're supposed to start today. And we find these two gentlemen on the road to Emmaus. Verse 13. That same day, Two of them were uh, going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Okay, so these two guys are walking seven miles in the wrong direction, (laughs) away from the greatest miracle of all time. They wouldn't do that if they believed it was going to happen. Verse 14, They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus Himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing Him. So they didn't know that it was Jesus. He asked them, "Uh, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. Their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked Him... Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? Tourist? Do you not know the things that have happened in these days? Uh, what things? Jesus asked. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Yeah. I, I find the Bible amazing. <laughs> About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. Now see, I thought he was the Son of God. Now he's already reduced to a prophet. Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. And here's the, here's the, here's the scripture guys. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. That just jumped off the page to me the first time I ever read it. And look at the very next line. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. It's not the fourth day. Maybe third day comes and goes, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, okay, I'm out of hope. Mm. It was still the third day. There was still hope, but they didn't have any. We had hoped He was the one. He was the one. Brothers and sisters, He is the one. He did redeem Israel. He did redeem you and I. And He will redeem all those that will believe in His message. He is the one. And yet, I really believe that some of us can I identify with this passage. We had hoped. You say, well, I'm, I'm here though. I'm sitting in church. That doesn't mean you have hope. Maybe it means you have stick to yeah. And you're, maybe we're going because we're going. And, and I've been there at times, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how God wants us to live.
1: Yeah.
0: He wants us to live with hope. Mm-hmm. Any Star Wars fans? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, so, so it's kind of become a little tradition on, because they come out at Christmas, you know, I'm with my family at Christmas and we all we go see the Star Wars show. I loved Rogue One. Because it connected so many dots. You know, the fourth Star Wars, which was really the first, Mm -hmm. 1977, I remember seeing it when I was 10 years old. Right? (laughs) Don't stop adding the
1: numbers. (laughs) I see you, Chris. You're
0: adding the numbers up. Okay. (laughs) So, but what's it called? What was number four called? A A new hope. A new hope. And why did they have hope? Because the rebels are being oppressed by the dark. The dark forces, right? <laughs> okay, you, you may think I'm Darth Vader because I wheeze. I had a tracheotomy or a tracheotomy, whatever you call it, when I was, I had, I was paralyzed when I was little. So that's why I'm wheezing. I'm not Darth Vader. Anyway. <laughs> and I'm not your father. He's your father. So get that straight. Um, and so, a new hope. Why? Because at the end of Rogue One, many died to get the blueprint to the Death Star. The plans. And at the end of that movie, they're giving them Princess Leia and she turns around and gives them to the small rebel force. And they say, what is this? Well, it was the plans to the Death Star. There was one small chance and it showed them how to possibly destroy this horrible weapon. She hands it to them and they say, what is this? And she says, hope. It's hope. It's hope. Because there's a chance. There's a way. I haven't seen Avengers yet, so I won't talk about the one chance and all those chances. Don't tell me! But if there's one chance, I've seen the commercial, okay. If there's one chance, we've got to do it for our fallen. You know that, right? Guys, we've been given the Word of God. It's the blueprint. It is hope. It's not based on what's going on around us. But what God has and still says to us. You take those scriptures, you say, this is hope. Mm. We still have it. Mm -hmm. We've got to believe that. Okay, let's read on before time is up. (laughs) It says, verse 22. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find the body. They came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was still alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb, found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. That's a big clue. We as people are so (coughs) caught up by what we see. But that's not faith, is it? We say, show me and I'll believe you. And God says, believe me and I'll show you. But we believe what we've seen. And if we can go back to what made them forget Mm. that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. Mm. I believe with all my heart it was the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be told I'm going to suffer, die on the cross and rise from the dead. But the women were at the cross. John was at the cross. Mm -hmm. And they saw his body mutilated beyond human recognition. And I'm not even saying they said it out loud, but I think somewhere in the back of their mind, they thought, there's no way He's coming back from this. I think we as disciples that have been around a while, I think we've seen some things too. And we may not even verbalize it. But somewhere in the back of our mind, we think, All those things I once believed and hoped for, it just can't happen after what I've seen in the churches. You with me here? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Or maybe it was something that happened in your family, Mm -hmm. in your marriage, with your children, Mm -hmm. that made you go. And then the next words are, we had hoped. Mm -hmm. We had hoped our churches could be a light to the world. We had hoped to save our whole family. Mm You with me? Yeah. We cannot believe what we've seen. We cannot put our faith and hope in what we have seen. If you read through the Bible, God's people went through so many difficult things. But those who had faith and persevered to the end, those will be saved.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, my encouragement to you is to think about this, to meditate on this, and to think... What is it that's made me lose my hope? Maybe it's leadership transition. You've seen leadership transition in the past, and then you go, Man, I don't like it the new way. I wish it was the way it used to be. Whatever, whatever. We're not in control of all those things, are we? And I don't know know about you, but I'm 52. Okay, I said it. At 52, I gotta stop worrying so much about what I have no control over and just start believing what God says to me and living with that kind of hope and that kind of faith. Now, we got to finish up here. I don't know if we'll get through the whole thing. But in 25, there's there's something you've got to look at. In 25, Jesus is going to speak here. (coughs) Remember, they're saying, ah, yeah, we had hoped. We heard He was alive, but we didn't see it. You know. Verse 25. He said to them How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter His glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning Himself This is hot stuff right here I don't believe the Bible's boring. People say, oh, the Bible's boring. No, it is not. You might be boring, but the Bible's not boring. And I believe it's a sin to present the Bible in a boring way. So that's why I work so hard at it. The Bible's amazing. Here, Jesus' response isn't, oh, come here, give me a hug. I know, I know you mean well. I I know you, you wanna believe. You wanna believe that's how we want discipling to be all the time you know but Jesus says how foolish you are you're slow of heart to believe what God has said and then here's the real here's the real kicker you say yeah but that's Jesus if Jesus said that to me I'll listen but, but I'm, people don't have the right to say that to me mm. According to these guys, they didn't know it was Jesus. They're being rebuked by some stranger that just walked up and didn't even ask, would you like to study the Bible? He just opened the Old Testament and went after it. Isn't that amazing? And Okay, have you ever been in a Bible study and you said, this is the most amazing Bible study. I can't, this, wow. You know, you're sitting there going, This guy's teaching the Word. This is amazing, right? Imagine being in an Old Testament Jesus study (laughs)
1: led
0: by Jesus (laughs) on the day He rose from the dead. (laughs) This was a hot study. (laughs) And if you look down, this whole little thing happens. Jesus, pretend He's going further. They say, no, 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 stay with us. He breaks the bread. They recognize Him. And he disappears from their sight. Read it. It's, wow, better than Star Wars. Anyway. 32 is the key. When he disappears, he's like, where did he go? Verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Their hearts were burning inside. Is your heart burning inside? Mm. Come on, Chris. Come on. Is my heart burning inside? That's all that matters day to day. If not, where's our hope? Mm. Where's our faith? Where's our love? The love of most will grow cold. We can't let that happen. And so, you say, well, people have hurt me, you know? Don't worry about people. Open the Bible. The Bible will set your heart on fire. And then hopefully, When our hearts are on fire, we can then, after going to God, come to each other and and work out everything Dylan so eloquently said earlier and be the team that we've been called to be in the kingdom of God. You know, it was great riding to church with the Richies and a couple of the teens. And we were talking, I was talking with the teens, I forget the names, but these guys, about the NBA. Like, oh good, I can talk about American sports with somebody. <laughs> and we talked about when LeBron left Cleveland the first time. And he went to play for Miami. Okay, if you don't know that, it's just, he left Cleveland, went to play in Miami, and they were burning his jerseys in Cleveland. Oh. Traitor! <laughs> I hope nobody feels that way about Roger right now. <laughs> two championships in Miami and their hatred grew <laughs> and then he went back to Cleveland and won them a championship and they go we love you LeBron we love you. what's the point these NBA teams they're in competition with each, with each other we are not in competition Amen. in the kingdom of God Amen. we're on the same team Amen. and we're all fighting to win souls not championships. We're all fighting to do this. And Satan has worked so hard to divide us, make us lose our hope, and not work together and be that light that we can be. It's the Scriptures I put before you. It's the Scriptures that are going to change our lives. And I just want to end with saying that in Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing the message. But the message comes through the Word of Christ. And I hope that's what you've heard this morning. I hope that's given you... I hope your hearts are burning within you because of the Scriptures. Man will always disappoint you. But the Scriptures will never disappoint you. They will inspire you. The problem is people don't know the Scriptures. And it's up to us to help them know the Scriptures. Um, There's a woman that just got baptized recently in uh, Manchester. She actually paid almost 500 pounds to another church for a discipleship course. It lasted about a year, and at the end of it, she felt empty. She somehow got online and was talking to somebody in America that referred her to our church in Manchester. Came to church sat right behind me the first day she came I turned around and said hey I'm Chris she goes I'm Bola I said oh we have a few of those in our church (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Bola Shobejo, Mrs. Bola Shobejo, Mrs. Bola Pampa and now you (laughs) Mrs. Bola so now she's affectionately B4 (laughs) and B4 studied the scriptures just the the, the scriptures that we all learned they're so simple you just teach them she believed them she got baptized. Amen. Everybody won't, that's up to them. But she did, and now we have a B4, and we can't wait for B5 and B6 <laughs> and B7. I'll leave you with this vision the power of the Word of God. I always ask people this what if everybody in Birmingham obeyed the Bible? Forget the argument of is it true? What if they just obeyed the Bible? What would living in Birmingham be like? No rape. No murder. Wouldn't have to lock your doors. No theft. What about Lester? What if Lester, everybody obeyed? It would be amazing. Okay. be heaven on earth. We say, yeah, well, we know that's not going to happen. I thought of this this morning. I've shared that many times, but I've never shared this. What if everybody in the churches... Just obey the Bible. Yeah. We work through all that stuff we've seen that made us lose hope. We go back to God and we have faith because of God. We're all such sinners. We're all so frail. If if our hope is in that we're gonna always be, be do the right, we're never gonna do it. But the Bible takes us, sinners that we are. And connects us together in the most amazing way. And I believe with all my heart. Anybody that's open. From Leicester or Birmingham walks in this room. Or you know when you're separate. You know what I'm saying. And they see you. If they're open they'll become a Christian. I don't care who they are. I have no doubt. Because that's the power of the scriptures. When they're lived out. It's a light of love. God bless you all. Thank you.